Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Unedited, the podcast. I am your host, Kelsey Lauren, and I'm joined by yet another brilliant, beautiful guest in episode 18. This is a woman that I met on Instagram, and immediately I just was so drawn to her unapologetic and creative way of existing and moving in the world. And we haven't connected in a little while, so I'm really excited to see what she's been up to and just share her with you. So without further ado, this is Danny Boltz. Hi. <laughs> that was so sweet, just hearing that little intro, <laughs> and it made me feel really special. So thank you for having me. Oh, it is such a pleasure. Um, I always love allowing any guests to introduce themselves. I find for myself, I'm a different person every week. So (laughs) um, however you would like to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do, (laughs) what your art in the world is, I would love to hear that. Yeah. So like you said, I'm Danny Boltz. I live in Northwest Montana and I live off grid with my husband and my two stepkids part of the time. We have a bunch of animals and wildlife all around us. And <laughs> I I dabble in a lot of different kind of modalities. I have this creative business with my partner and it's kind of focused on creativity in general and inspiring creativity in others. We do woodworking, spoon carving, all that jazz. And then I have this kind of holistic wellnessy coaching side of my business too. I'm a personal power coach. That's kind of what I renamed it recently. I'm always changing the name of it. I'm like, what am I <laughs> coaching people around? And this month it's personal power. So it's it's such a sacred, special part of my work. And it really is just guiding people back to their truest self and their essence. And yeah, I think you said, I like what you asked about, like, what's your art in the world? And Mm. I think like when I think of myself and something I've always done that feels very me is like just really seeing people and asking a lot of questions. And I feel like in all of my businesses, retreats, coaching, all of that question asking is a really big piece of that. Yeah. So I'll say that that's that's my art that I'm recognizing as art <laughs> today. I love that so much. I can I relate so wholeheartedly to that. Yesterday, um, well, first of all, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I feel like there's so many things I want to get into with you after that. <laughs> um, yeah. Yesterday, my partner sent me a text message because he's starting his own little his own project. Um, I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to out him, but he asked me if I had any questions that I would want to ask the people that he's going to be interacting with. And so I sent him questions and he replies back and he was like, wow, like you're really good at that. And I was like, yeah, but that's my job. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) Like I'm like here as a human being to ask very thoughtful, penetrating questions. And, and it Mm -hmm. comes from a genuine place of just like curiosity and wanting to discover the world and know people and connect with everything that's around me. And I'm sure you can relate to that. Oh Um, yeah. (laughs) So yeah, I just, and, and the other thing that I absolutely love that you said was around the difficulty of nailing down what it is that you do. And I think that speaks so beautifully to A, the ridiculousness of 
condensing ourselves into an Instagram bio or a title. Mm-hmm. And B, just the absolute expansiveness and multidimensionality of who we are as humans. And even when we're moving into um, work or contribution in any way that we do, it always is impossible to really refine it into a couple of things because it encompasses ideally all of who we are. And that is just so vast. <laughs> it's impossible. I mean, yeah. it's so impossible. And I I think, I mean, we all do tend to box ourselves in because it feels, it feels, it gives us a sense of knowing like, okay, what am I doing? Uh-huh. And I think that's also like the Capricorn in me, like the structure. Like, I just like to have this container of like, okay, this is, this is what I do. So this is how I can build it out. But then what happens is two weeks later, I get like channelings and inspiration that shift it. And then the whole entire box seems like it has to shift. (laughs) And so it's, it's super tricky. Um, I, I still am trying to figure that out because like you said, I mean, we're so multidimensional and I'm changing all the time, Mm -hmm. but I think just being, yeah, as okay with shifting and changing words and, I mean, just being open to that is is vital. Oh, yes. I think one of the most important things I've learned in my entrepreneurial journey, which in itself is such an evolutionary process, is to always leave space for transformation because mm-hmm. your if your business or your work or your art is an extension of who you are, you will always be changing as a person. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> yes. Um, and and in order to create space for all of you and and to have your business or your your vehicle, your vision be a capable, flexible enough container to hold you, it's gotta have flexibility built into it. Mm-hmm. And and you can do that in a really beautiful way where you marriage the like stability and have the essence of who you are anchored into it. But um, yeah, I think for anybody that's either new or starting out or trying to figure out their their niche, and this is coming from somebody who's worked in marketing for 10 years, I hate niching down. <laughs> it's just, I know it's so inhuman. <laughs> it it's it is but it also again kind of back to that like comfort in knowing like mm-hmm. i it it does something for me like when i think of mm-hmm. especially like my coaching practice like this yeah. finding kind of that ideal client per se you know mm-hmm. it's when i can like niche down a little bit like knowing i do want to work with women primarily knowing that I do want to work with kind of this age range primarily um, and finding like words like for instance like personal power like that is an attractive phrasing for me right now so being able to like place that there Mm -hmm. and also accept that in two months that may very well shift and also knowing that like the people that are in our sphere and the our clients uh the people we're serving in the world when we can just be malleable like that it's giving them permission to do the same thing Mm -hmm. so 
I, it's almost like that battle of like, it's okay to niche. It's okay to try and like <laughs> box yourself in, but you're just going to take yourself out of the box and do something different anyways. So yeah. who knows? I think one of the things that I've like switched, I suppose, niching for, which to me feels very others focused. It's like, hmm, who am I talking to? Like yeah. what, what um, persona am I trying to connect with? It's more of an inside job for me. It's like how how clear and coherent am I in who I am? Right. And the more I can like really anchor down into that and embody that and be practiced and masterful at being who I am and yes. following all of the little things that light me up and bring me alive, that mm. to me is like the ultimate form of niching down, I say in air yes. because you're you're still speaking very directly to a specific person who's going to resonate with who you are, uh-huh. but you're doing it in a way that allows so much space for the expected and unexpected avenues or connection points that can occur within that embodiment. Ooh, <laughs> I, I love that so much. And it's, you know, it's so crazy because I mean, you and I are similar. We do online work. We have online clients. Um, it's, you know, the we have to be as authentic as we possibly can, you know, yeah. but that's like the hardest that can be incredibly hard. And I feel like it's just been in the last six months where I've actually, not even six months, I'd say like three months <laughs> where I've been able to like really start showing up um, kind of unabashedly because it's so, it's so easy to see other people who you, like who I maybe see as successful, you know, mm-hmm. I'll do quotes around that. And I see the way they're doing things or the way they are talking and it's so easy to try and like slip into to that. It's just almost unconscious sometimes. Yeah. But then it's like, yeah, the more I am able to just be my weird, messy, authentic, silly self, that is when I attract my my ideal clients and my niche is me. Like you said, like just mm-hmm. being being <laughs> in your essence. So that's really that's a really cool way to look at it. Thank you. I'm glad that resonated. I so I've been noticing your your transition over the last few months and I'm just super like I'm so enamored by all of the different I don't know uh, versions of yourself, your business, all of the evolutions that mm-hmm. I've gotten to witness over the last couple of years. Um I would love to know what kind of pulled you towards what you're doing now. Like what was it that made you really feel devoted to the path you're on? I mean, I I refer back to this and I have referred back to this on my podcast. I have a podcast that you have been on, Mudlark, <laughs> and I refer back to this time in my life often, my kind of like rock bottom moment at 26, because it really was this time in my life. And this is a while ago now, like I'm 32 years old, but I still think about this time Mm -hmm. regularly because of how it made me really begin to peel back and shift into who I am today. And I can just see, like, I got to this point of like, 
looking, I would wake up in the morning and I would look around and I'm like, I don't even recognize this life. This, what is this? Like, who is this? Who's this girl? Like this, all of this feels so out of alignment with who I am. And I didn't know that exactly at the time. It's more of like an in retrospect, but I was just so lost in my life. And over the years, so since then, what's the math? Is that seven years? Six, seven mm-hmm. years? Somewhere in that ballpark? Six, yeah. <laughs> Coming yeah. <in> seven. <laughs> yeah. It really has looked like me trying on a lot of different hats and seeing which ones fit. And that's looked like a lot of different iterations of business. You know, business is such a it is such a portal for my my truest self to come through and self-expression in general. Like I, I have Capricorn all over my chart, literally sun, moon. I mean, it's all over. I was going to say that's such a Capricorn thing. I'm, I have a Capricorn stellium too. And I'm like, I couldn't oh. imagine not being an entrepreneur. I was born no. like that. <laughs> no, I, I absolutely feel that in my bones. Like there's not a part of me that is like, oh, I mean, the only times I ever have moments where I'm like, maybe I should work for someone is when stuff's hard, you know, when I'm up leveling, yeah. when I'm in that kind <laughs> of like moment of where things kind of dry out and then come back. Um, yeah. But I know I've, I've always known that I wanted to work for myself. So I think this last year of being in therapy weekly and this was like the missing piece. Not that I've, not that I'm a finished puzzle by any sense of the word, but I feel like this last year, plus all of these last six years of integrating and healing and connecting with my inner child, it really just started to show me this sort of strategy of what it takes for me to live in my own authentic purpose and path, if you may. So, oh, yeah. When I was, I'm just launching a course. I just launched a course a few days ago, fully expressed. And when I I was telling my therapist about this yesterday, I was like, oh, I have to tell you all about this course that channeled through me. And what I did in creating this, Kelsey, it was so crazy. I've never felt anything like this. I was just journaling, just writing. I did this photo shoot and then I went home and I was writing out um, kind of like these bullet points of healing over the last year of being in therapy and kind of like chapters of like initiation, like things I was working on in therapy. And I turned it into a course basically. And it, it just solidified my work so much looking at my last six years and then looking at my last year. And I just feel so passionate about helping women know that it is within their hands to create the life of their dreams. And uh, yes. <laughs> I think for me, for so much of my life, I was like waiting because you know me, like I'm a little woo woo. Like I love talking about mm-hmm. the universe and energies <laughs> and all of these things, but I'm also very earthy cap. Like I'm like, okay, yeah, there is all this beautiful universal energy and we are in this human body, which means we have to make human moves and shifts and empower ourselves to make the change we want in our lives. And that's just been hugely awakening for me to realize that through therapy. You know, my therapist would question me, well, why don't you do that then? You know, I would say something I'm wanting something in career, something to shift in my partnership. 
And she's like, how can you make that shift? Mm-hmm. And it was like the most simple but most profound moment again and again and again. And so I think it just really drilled it in for me that we have the power to create a life that's fully reflective of who we are on a soul level. And it's just about tuning in. What is that desire? What do we really want? And then taking the action steps, building out the support system to make that happen. So beautifully said. I love that. And something I've been really riffing on lately, particularly in my journal, (laughs) has been just this, (laughs) the way that desire works. And to me, it's, it's this very experienced in the heart essence feeling. Um, mm-hmm. And oftentimes our desires can create contraction when they feel really big. And for me, every time I've seen or felt a vision or a desire come through me, it has signaled to me that there is somewhere either new, unknown, or something currently in my life that I need to take responsibility for. And Mm. (laughs) um, Mm -hmm. yeah, and I mean, a lot of the time, self-responsibility is like not that sexy. It's just like you got to do what you got to do. And um, I I was having a conversation with my partner actually a few, maybe a week and a half ago, we were on a walk and I was talking about having the discipline – to be in integrity with your desires and be embodied. And like discipline, like I said, a lot of the times to people, discipline is a dirty word. They're like, oh, I'm more in my feminine. I don't like discipline or discipline seems too militant. (laughs) And when it's inverted, absolutely, it can be like really militant and distorted and and, and not a healthy version of discipline. Mm -hmm. But when you have a true practice of discipline that allows you to create structure and a container and to stabilize and create Mm -hmm. open space for your desire to come in and just start to um, metastasize in in a beautiful and brilliant way, Mm -hmm. there is nothing sexier than the result of discipline. Oh my God. Yes. (laughs) No, you literally need to come on in like co-host my next habits that serve course because that you just said everything that I feel it's like it can people are so resistant to structure and I know this because I've spent so much of my life resisting structure because it Mm -hmm. would I thought it conflicted with my one of my top four values of freedom I was, I was like, just gonna say freedom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Structure in my mind, I was like, structure means that I can't be free. But in fact, the structure is what cr- is literally the foundation of freedom now for me mm-hmm. in my life. And it, I mean, you just said it so eloquently. I can't even, I can't even. It was perfect. But <laughs> thank you. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. Like, I, I was telling my therapist yesterday because I, a couple months ago, decided to take alcohol out of my life completely. And so we were kind of riffing on that. And um, we were chatting about the, she was asking kind of what some of my replacement habits have looked like and what my evening routine looks like. Because we were trying to see if I was doing anything. I was trying to see if I was doing anything weird, like blind spotty, like how am I trying to numb out like now? Basically. With something else. It, yeah, something else that maybe <laughs> isn't good. But the what came out of it was 
and I've done a lot of work around my habits and daily routines and structure. So it was incredible because I actually, I, I numb out with work a little bit, but that's hard because I love to work. So mm-hmm. it's like, I'll fill some of the space there. But other than that, I have put in such strategic, beautiful, nourishing structure since quitting drinking, actually prior to quitting drinking, that I feel so supported in my life now. You know, it's like I built it in to support that transition into my more truest, more aligned self by letting that go. And yeah, I couldn't have done it without structure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can relate to that so much. I, oh my gosh, I think I've just come on to five years of being sober. Oh, I don't Um, think I knew this about you. I don't know that we've ever talked about it. (laughs) Um, I'm always like, I do like a little happy dance in my heart when I hear somebody picking those kinds of habits. I just, and and not because I I don't like them or anything like that, or I think anyone should live a certain way, but the, Mm -hmm. the empowerment that I felt and the clarity in my being that I felt and started to experience after oh I gave that up um, and chose to to prioritize different things in my life was mm-hmm. so profound. And I've always been like an intuitive, sensitive human being. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how much more amplified and, and powerful that would become once mm-hmm. substances were no longer a part of my world. And I think a oh. lot of people like don't they don't know what it's like not to do it. And so there's right. a little bit of like, oh, well, like how much better can it be? Yep. You just have to try it for yourself. <laughs> like it's You just... have to try it for yeah. yourself. <laughs> oh my God, Kelsey, I could not, I, I could not agree with you more. Like, and it was such a, I call it my God moment of really knowing it was time for me to release this substance from my life completely forever. And mm-hmm. it's it was such a tricky one to do because my relationship with alcohol was so different than what I saw in like, quote unquote, alcoholics or um, just people who would binge drink and get drunk. Like I wasn't that type of drinker. I was very much like a have a couple drinks. No, like I would not, not so much social. I mean, yes. (laughs) And I was just a drink every day. Um, that was my wind down. So like, uh, you know, five o'clock hits, crack a beer, have a couple. Um, Mm. and it was, but it was always, it was that way for almost a decade. And if I did not drink, um, if I didn't drink one day, I was thinking about that. Like I was intentionally not drinking and thinking about, oh, good job, Danny. Like you're not drinking today. And I noticed over probably the course of a year and a half of any time someone said they quit drinking, I was like super triggered. <laughs> I, yeah. was like, I was like, <laughs> w- I was like, why? <laughs> What's wrong? Like, you know, it, it, triggered me because my soul was guiding me that way and my human self wasn't quite ready and Mm -hmm. so when my god moment came through it was literally middle of the night woke up and all I heard was the alcohol has to go and I I never drink again and granted I'm still early in my sobriety journey um but I'm a couple months in and I have 
I have zero desire. I the 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 symptoms, the beautiful symptoms that are born from letting this go are so powerful that I have zero fear of going back to it. And oh it's just been the most beautiful experience of my life, truly. Like the biggest health I've never felt better. I've never looked better. I just it's it's incredible. But there is there's also hard things that come with it and I'm I'm happy to share some of that if you want to oh, go in that by direction. All means, yeah. It it came up in therapy yesterday. That was kind of my hard thing that I brought, but the not drinking piece is bringing forth grief in regards to certain friendships in my life because mm -hmm. I'm seeing how I used alcohol as an easy point of connection mm. since I began drinking, you know, at 21. Yeah. And I, I've had multiple experiences lately spending time with people that I care about. And I've noticed that that connection is so dimmed down mm -hmm. and it's because I'm seeing it for more of what it is. And then also adding my last year of deep healing growth onto that, you know, integrating my shadow, uh, really connecting with my inner child, growing my, my true, healthy, nourished life. And so just kind of seeing more of that gap in between yeah. like where I am and where these people that I've cared about for so long are. And it's really like just coming, coming to see that is hard for me right now. Mm. I, oh my gosh, I had such a similar experience when I, I made the decision. And I think this is, this is a really important part of it. It's like when you make the decision yourself to make a, ch a change and redirect mm -hmm. your energy and reprioritize yourself, um, that's, it's such a, a profound space that you're coming into that decision from like you weren't forced nobody told you you had to do it mm -hmm. and it's it's a very like organic for me this is what I know I need kind of a decision and and I came into um sobriety in the same way I I didn't necessarily have an an addiction or anything like that um mm -hmm. but I had broken my ankle and I, it was very bad. I was on bed rest for 21 weeks and. Oh, that's right. Rock climbing. Yeah, rock climbing. And uh, I mean, my surgeon in passing mentioned cutting out vasoconstrictors. So smoking, drinking, any elevation, any kind mm -hmm. of anything like that. And the prognosis at the time was I had a 50% chance of basically losing function and mobility in my ankle and having to fuse it at 90 degrees. Wow. And so I was just like grappling with the reality of that. And I like was like, okay, well, like what would my reality look like? Like would I be able to snowboard? Would I be able to bike? Would I be able to climb in the same way? Would I be able to drive my car in the same way? Like Mm. Would my body still work in the same way? Um, biomechanically speaking, I'm a big nerd for that. And I then and there was like, okay, well, whatever I have to do to prioritize my health and my recovery, I'm going to do that. And just like you, as soon as I stopped drinking, 
all of the people that I, like you said, were connected based on our mutual imbibing, mm-hmm. um, they just started falling away. And it was really, it was really hard to see these friendships that I thought were really, um, were really deep, mm-hmm. really not show up in that way and to really see them for what they were in terms of how wildly different we were as Mm -hmm. people and how different our values were. And I think that to me was the hardest thing was to like, I still have such profound levels of love for these people. Mm -hmm. And I speak to this in my coherence class, actually. Anytime you choose to make an adjustment or set a boundary or reroute yourself energetically speaking, what happens with your field and their field is you go from one oscillation or one resonance to another. And if they're still at the old one, you've now just created discord. Mm. There's now a gap between you and the other person. Mm -hmm. And what that does is that creates an option and an invitation. Either In order to resume coherence, you go back down or they choose to come up or you separate. And (laughs) it it was really hard to see how many people were choosing to separate because they didn't want to meet me at that new resonance. Right. um, Yeah, I just – I hold so much space for that process because it truly is is heartbreaking, especially when you're doing something that – is nourishing for you and that's making you a better version of yourself. You would hope that the people you surround yourself with mm-hmm. want to see you win. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's the thing that's so interesting is like, I don't doubt that there's support there, you know, and yeah. like for me, but I think the piece that is, it, that's challenging me is Like, I'm such a, like, let's rise together. Like, I want to, and it's, it's not that I think that people have to cut alcohol out of their, I mean, I kind of (laughs) do. I kind of, I kind of feel this way because of just how illuminating it's been for me on just how I numb and how I was running from myself and how I wasn't living fully in this human experience, but it's hard. So I get why I did that too, but it's. what's challenging me so much is that feeling of like it's like why wouldn't you want to rise to your fullest truest self and potential and and I don't even just mean that with alcohol I think I mean I'm what I've been seeing yeah and it's like what you're prioritizing like what you said and hearing what certain people complain about but then proceed to do things that are really destructive and and damaging and it's just really sad and and frustrating um my therapist was trying to ask like dig deeper like well what is that bringing up for you like because you Mm -hmm. know everyone they're mirroring back hurt parts of ourselves and it's like there's like this piece of like um it's like my younger self who just couldn't like stand up for what was good for me sort of Mm -hmm. like I feel like that's what it's triggering a little bit is like seeing other people not standing up for what's good for them almost and what would actually nourish them 
So yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's been the hard piece, but other than that, I just I'm a I'm a fan. I I cannot yes. imagine. <laughs> I just could never imagine going back to drinking. And mm-hmm. it's just like when your soul knows, it knows and once a decision has been made like that, it's like you can't unsee that. No. So I'm a huge supporter and I've I've definitely over the years read some incredible books that have been super supportive. Like I think my favorite sobriety book was Quit Like a Woman by Holly Whitaker. Mm, um, I've heard of it. Yeah. It's incredible. Like the first, like I binged, I binged it. I binged <laughs> that book like a year ago when I was like side-eyeing my relationship to alcohol. And then sobriety I like started- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then it, this is so sick, though, Kelsey. So like I got all on board for like a week. I was like, I'm never drinking again. This is a year ago. And I read that book and then I started following her and then her business, which is called Tempest. It's incredible. Um, and as soon as I drank again, I like unfollowed. <laughs> and I was just like, I'm not looking at any of that shit. That's stupid. Like, you know, it was just like, uh, it was triggering. I, cause my soul was like, dude, you know what yeah. you need to do. You wouldn't be questioning your relationship to this if there wasn't something there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really encourage people to look at it. And if you're resistant, especially look at it. Like, yeah, it's, there's a lot there and we're in a society that truly like Holly Whitaker says is obsessed with alcohol and oh, yeah I mean obsessed it's and weird <laughs> it's insanity and like when you step away you're real it's you're looking at it like bird's eye view you're seeing how it's everywhere and it's it's just such a I am all for it I'm just I if any of you want to talk to me about <laughs> not drinking let's talk about it it's just it's really a special really spiritual experience for me yes yeah well and I mean simultaneously while I was quitting alcohol and anything else I I mean I was like trying and manifesting a, a perfect healing of my ankle and my body and so I was like I dove head first down the like binaural beats rabbit hole and like meditation oh, and Joe yes. Dispenza and all of the things. And I was oh like, my gosh, yes. no freaking way after this 21 weeks or six months or however long my healing process is, there's no way I'm having a fused ankle. Like I refuse. You're like, it's um, not happening. <laughs> exactly. And so <laughs> I think in tandem, that was actually, I think like three months or two months after I broke my ankle and started the meditation and started the mindfulness and really like I've always been very spiritual. I think one of the first books that I ever read was like a book on world religions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I really started immersing myself and and building a relationship with my spirituality with intention, mm-hmm. um, that was another activation point for those relationships where it was like, Ooh, I don't yes. want to be around this person. Like this is too much. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. You don't understand. This is so great that we're talking about this because you are kind of that expander to use that word for me of just like seeing you and seeing how you went through what I am experiencing now. You know, yeah. it's just, it's really helpful because it can feel, I mean, they talk Absolutely. about this and I, 
Yes. I was literally yeah. just going to say like, sobriety can be very isolating and, um, but also, but also not like, it's also the most at home I have ever felt in my body. And as you started to just talk about like binaural beats and like, once you make a shift, like anytime you make a positive shift, like my positive shifts didn't start with quitting drinking. It started way far back, but it breadcrumbs you breadcrumbs you to all of these positive, beautiful things that were actually meant for your truest self. Oh, and yeah. I think it's just so cool. And just trusting that, you know, when it shows up for you, if it shows up for you to quit drinking, it's coming to you at the right time, just mm-hmm. like everything else. And it doesn't just stop there. There's going to be another really nourishing, healthy thing and shift that you'll make a month down the road. So it's just, yeah, going along for the ride. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. <laughs> I do too. Um, it's it's fun to talk about. I, I hardly have anyone in my life who doesn't drink in some capacity. So I'm really grateful knowing that, that you don't. Oh yeah. If you ever want to, if, if you ever need to spill some tea in the DMs, feel free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, totally. So I wanted to actually, there was part of this conversation made me feel really excited about what you were talking about earlier around how your fully expressed experience, um, Mm -hmm. it was truly an embodied relationship that you had with yourself. It's something that you walked yourself through over a period of time. And I just want to touch on this really quickly because I'm I'm also opening up an experience right now called Ceremony of Service and it was a very similar mm. experience where like this is something that I have been actively working with, working on, working in, developing yes. relationship, developing mastery and for anybody that's that's a course creator or a mentor or a teacher or even an artist, the most powerful and impactful and beautiful experiences and offerings you can create are the ones that you have very lived intimately <laughs> lived through and yes you were saying that it was different than anything else you've ever done and I, I don't want to yeah. say that you've never been embodied before in what you were doing but I had a moment when I was creating soul sovereignty years and years and years ago where I had my first experience of like a fully like that container was an imprint of me at the moment. Uh-huh. And it's it's a different experience. And I think people on the outside of that, they feel it differently. So I really want you to speak to your process around that and kind of go oh. in deeper with that. Yes. I mean, you could be me talking right now, like how you just were <laughs> explaining that because that is exactly what it felt. And it's like, I've had other things where I feel like, I was so inspired. It felt very channeled. It was fairly effortless. But then it was like in the past, something would switch. Like I would go back into my my fearful self or my questioning self or whatever. And then I would start creating from this place of what I think I should create rather than what I need to create. Mm-hmm. And when I started writing this out, like literally chicken scratch on a piece of paper, um, my different levels of growth through the last year. I mean, I'll just touch on really quick. Um, 
like what the weeks are because it's literally what I went through exactly. So it was like, you know, week one is like this life audit. You know, that was me getting into therapy and really looking what are the elements at play here? What's going on in my life? What feels good? What feels fucked up? Like what what's happening? And then it really moved into embodiment, you know, the wisdom of your body of returning home to yourself. And I've even being a yoga teacher for a decade, the amount of time I've actually fully inhabited my body is so little before I started this cognitive behavioral therapy with my Mm. current therapist. I would just talk and be kind of hovering outside my body. It was yes. wild. It was I love freaking... CBT by the way. It's so good. <laughs> oh my god. It's it's life. I I love it so much. <laughs> so then just like, you know, I did 100 days of movement. I was I committed to moving my body outside every day for 100 days. Did that and I've continued to do it. So it's been almost a year of moving my body every single day with intention. And that kind of moved into shadow. Like I was having all of these judgments coming up of other people, which, you know, my therapist was able to lovingly mirror back like what parts of myself were really needing to express and come out. And then that kind of, you know, moved into this fourth fourth chapter of Inner Child, which I am sure your listeners are well-versed on inner child and Mm -hmm. I just I have a feeling is that correct they probably (laughs) I would say so yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. um and then move which is a huge part of my practice and I do inner child readings um and I'm always connecting with the inner child of every single one of my clients it's so beautiful but then it kind of came to this fifth area of truth speaking and Mm. really leaning into speaking the unspoken like what, what am I, what is not being said? Like as simply as that, like what, whether it's, you know, boundaries, whether that is, um, something that doesn't feel good. Like, I mean, it's anything that you feel and aren't speaking true to, um, which then kind of segued into action. Like, how are you going to shift these? How are you going to start making the changes necessary to kind of integrate all of these things, moving into reclamation, gathering the pieces that really serve you. And then lastly, building out a support system, opening the gates to your line path. Um, So when I was able to like write out all of these and then obviously add some flowery, beautiful language to it, it like when I looked at it on the piece of paper, I was like, this is literally the last year of my life. This is what I've embodied. I am so fucking proud of myself and I cannot wait to to help people with this because I know with every ounce of my being it's going to support people and you know at the end of the day I feel like you and I are probably very similar in this like as far as mission goes it's like I want to support people I want people to feel as good as humanly possible in this human experience I want to I want to bring people home to themselves I want to help facilitate that that process Mm -hmm. And yeah, so it was just, it was very powerful. And then I just went on to launch it and instantly got a ton of registrants and it was easeful. There was zero, there was not one moment that felt like work and it continues to unfold that way. 
And I'm like, this is my dream. <laughs> this, is all, this is all I've ever wanted, like work that doesn't feel like work. And and I, it feels really special to be doing it. And I love that you had the same experience of when you created your first thing of like, oh, my God, like something's changing in me. I'm like, yeah channeling here or something. It was an interesting, Soul Sovereignty was a really interesting experience for me because it really highlighted the, I I relaunched it three times and the third time was the charm. Mm. The first two, I was very immersed in like following other coaches and consuming a lot of content. I have very strict boundaries with myself now around like create before you consume, pour into yourself Mm. before you're poured into. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first iteration of it, the branding looked like someone else. The voice looked like someone else. The curriculum looked like it could have been a mishmash of a bunch of other people. And there wasn't really like me in the container and Mm. it flopped hard. And to be like the first container I ever launched it was like really hard on my ego to be like oh my god nobody likes me right the second time around it was a little bit more of me the branding was a little bit more of me but there were still elements of it that like mm, I was not embodied in and I wasn't even interested in and like that's like the really fascinating thing for me as I've I mean I've created a lot of of content now and I've had a lot of experiences that I have facilitated and if you're doing something that you don't even like, like oh my gosh, run! <laughs> it's a huge yeah. sign. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> so the third time around, I had literally put this container to bed, and over nine months, I literally like gestated the way it ended up being in the third time, and it like I sold. I think I had like one seat left that I wanted to have open. Um, oh. Yeah. And I was just like, this is incredible. I know what it feels like now to create from me, to create from embodiment, to be in integrity with what I'm teaching. And this Mm -hmm. is a huge pillar for any of my work going forward is like, if I haven't built a relationship with the thing that I'm speaking to or teaching on or modeling in any way, shape or form, I'm not Mm -hmm. bringing it forward. Oh my gosh. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, isn't it such a different feeling? It's such a different, it's such a different experience. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I could think back to times when I was teaching. I mean, honestly, I'll be straight up. Even yoga. I got to a point where I was dreading every time I went to teach, Mm. which is like a really big sign. I feel like, you know, I mean, you can look at like, there's a difference between like self-sabotage and then also like authentic relating to something. It's like, are you trying to teach this because it's going to make you look a certain way or put you in this certain light? Yeah. Or is it because your your truest self is so activated in yeah. teaching Are you this? profoundly connected to it? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's like, and it's so fun, like thinking of the women that have entered into this container, this first round, um, it's like they are women who have been connected. Most of them, we've worked together in some capacity before, but they are seeing, they've seen my my growth, my personal growth over the last yeah. year. So they've witnessed all of the changes. And so that's just, yeah, I love that you said that. And it just really 
that nails it in for me how how important it is it's like we have to teach what we what we truly embody Mm -hmm. I mean not only is your embodiment and and I use the words coherence right the clarity of your field and the precision of your energy not only is that like obviously really nourishing and and aligned for you as a human being to be experiencing personally but mm-hmm. that is your marketing strategy that yeah. is your branding that is your ultimately your testimonial like the uh-huh. best testimonial of like okay does this work work yeah <laughs> exactly i mean yeah. that it, it can you think back to a time i mean like for instance i'll i'll give you an example of I feel like when I was when I was trying to build things out even a year and a half ago. I mean, let's say 2 years ago. I'll say 2 years ago because I've been like financially prosperous, so much more prosperous my definition of prosperous the last year and a half. But mm-hmm. before that, I was trying to teach prosperity and like growing and living in prosperity when I wasn't feeling prosperous, you know, I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'll teach this. And so I was missing the mark. It wasn't right. But now like living from this place of, of so much gratitude and feeling prosperous every day and supported and abundant and grateful and creative. It's like, I share that with my humans that come into my world and they feel that and they see that and they know that is true and that it can be true for them. So, yeah, I mean, can you think back to another course like that you've done where you were trying to embody something, but you weren't fully there? Honestly, soul sovereignty. I only needed soul sovereignty. It was a big kick in the ass. <laughs> the first few times <laughs> I like, launched it, it were like crickets. And I was like, oh, guess that's not going to work for me. Okay. Oh my God. <laughs> Message received, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like that. Like you create something and full on crickets, which I've had so many times. Yeah. I mean, there's been so so many times and it's it is so important to talk about. Oh, so important. And I just like I think about the difference even between that third iteration of soul sovereignty and for instance ceremony of service right now. I was deeply connected to soul sovereignty. I've I've graduated from a lot of it, which is why it's a retired experience, but um I I literally like weep as I am creating the content for ceremony of service. Like it's oh. it's such a profound part of who I am and my lifetime yes. and the legacy I'm here to live and like <laughs> the way that it's impacted my lineage over the last year and a half to four years that I've been de- cultivating my relationship with this way of living in the world and contributing. I just mm-hmm. like I will have to like pause from writing captions or pause from creating my stories because I literally am like – crying ugly oh cries <laughs> like it's so profound <laughs> it's so special I mean <laughs> that's that's really really beautiful and so inspiring like and it, that's such a good gauge that you're like we've been talking about that you're teaching exactly what needs to come through mm-hmm. yeah I love it yeah. so much um but I definitely want to get into the 
peaks, but the valleys of entrepreneurship and the realities. I think this is something that is very much missing from a lot of the conversations. And I love that you brought up prosperity as well, because I know (laughs) if anybody has been in the especially Instagram sphere of mentorship and coaching and personal empowerment and spirituality Mm -hmm. even, there is so much disembodied I call it like mental masturbation being shared Uh (laughs) around like wealth and power and branding and marketing and all of these things and not a lot being shared on the realities of the entrepreneurial process and what it takes to be in practice with a vision and a legacy Mm -hmm. and something that's greater than yourself. And so I would love to hear you chat about your process, some of the realities of your journey? Sure. I mean, holy moly. I I mean, I've been working for myself since I was 23 or 23. Yeah. 23 years old is when I opened up my yoga studio. So that was kind of my first, my first venture into entrepreneurship. And I mean, it was an epic fail. I mean, if you could call it that, like I was so in debt and just so dysregulated and just really struggling on every front. So after a couple of years, ended up shutting that down. Um, And I was like the only teacher at the studio. I was living in a town very close to where I live now, small, tiny town, no teachers available. So it was me doing everything. Um, Wow. But that was like my identity. I wrapped my entire identity up in being a yoga teacher in Montana and having my studio and look at me, I'm so healed. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) God God bless my younger self because she was doing her app. I was doing my best. Like looking back, I actually went to the studio a week ago when my friend was visiting and I sobbed. I stood Mm. outside the doors. It's an empty building yeah. And I sobbed for my younger self, who was so hard on myself, like for having to close it. And so like that happened. And then um, about a year and a half later, I started my company, Honeysuckle and Mud, which I have now. Uh, it was previously called Wood Intimations. But I cannot express, I cannot express how challenging it has been um, to create any sort of um su- structure and support and uh comfort really i mean it comes down to that and i feel like we we hit a business all-time high like financial high during the pandemic weirdly you know it's mm. it was it was so unexpected to me we we sell spoon carving equipment which is a very weird thing. I don't need to go into the whole backstory of how (laughs) that came to be. But if you go into my podcast, you'll hear a story about that. Um, But we basically got flooded. It's a product-based business. We were selling kits all around the world. It just exploded. And so I was like, I figured it out. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) here we are. I'm financially abundant. We are so we're so comfortable and it really and my soul this is the thing my my soul my truest self whatever you'd like to call it did feel a new sense of like coming home when like that financial prosperity was 
coming in because and it, it's I'm still figuring out what that is like there's like the inner child wound where I know there was like the number like there was the number I wanted to hit and totally surpassed um and that was more like inner child wound like mm-hmm. if I make this number I'm successful but my truest self piece was like no, I I do want to have all my needs met. I do want to be able to save my money so I feel secure and safe in my life. You know, I was a, it was just a really cool moment for that, but then the next year, so even 20 last year, it totally tanked. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god." <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I was like, I was getting pretty comfortable. I was feeling pretty good right there, and that was honestly yet another time to turn soil and create new. And that's when I began my coaching practice. That's when we really shifted our business on that end. We're still doing products, but we're really focused on, um, like, honestly, we sell most of our products through Etsy at this point. We don't even have to market. It's just kind of doing its own thing and dancing out there. Um, But really constantly being open to shifting and shifting into what feels most aligned and joyful because I never, because my work matters to me so much, like my purpose, my, my mission, actually, I won't say purpose, but my mission to support people that's going to show up in so many different iterations. So giving myself flexibility to shift what that looks like, what my containers look like, you know, we built a cabin. That's a part of my container, having a cozy, nourishing, sacred space for people. Like that's a weird actual physical container for people. And yeah, just opening up. Um, I mean, I, I feel like, and I didn't come up with this, um, but I, I know that you are familiar with like to be magnetic work, but Mm -hmm. opening up various financial portals has really been the key into creating financial prosperity. And so when I go in teaching prosperity, I'm not saying once you heal this wound, you are going to, the money's going to pour in. Like, I'm sorry. I I just don't, I don't believe that. I think (laughs) that's kind of, I think that's kind of bullshit. I think that's really rubbing up on people's actual wounds. Like it's so shitty. And I feel like when it's dismissive of reality, honestly, (laughs) Oh my God. Exactly. And yeah, it's, there's so many fucked up layers to that, but it's like, when I speak of prosperity, I think of empowerment. I think of if Mm -hmm. you want to be making this much money, open up the financial portals and figure out what you need to do to make that much fucking money and figure out why you want to make that much money. You know, I'm not teaching finance. I'm not teaching that, but money inevitably comes up in so many of my one-on-one sessions. Oh, And (laughs) it's a big piece of like week one in fully expressed, you know, we're going to be that life audit. How does money feel? How's your relationship Mm -hmm. to it? Um, so yeah, I guess I kind of, I did just talk a lot about money, but I'll just say it hasn't been easy at all. And I'm in a place now where I have so many financial portals and I do have passive income plugged in and semi-passive income, which is ultimately what I want, like a lot of that, yeah. um, to where I am supported. And I feel, I don't feel stress 
um, mm-hmm. nearly as much as I did before. I do when like I have to go buy a new computer next weekend. Like when <laughs> I, and I don't feel like super stressed, but I'm like, oh, okay, like money's piling in and now I have to go spend two grand, you know? So it's like, I'm a human. I mean, yeah. things, things come up. Um, but yeah, just being open to looking at that, like it's okay if money comes in and goes out that's business like that's the human experience um so yeah I hope that answered I oh yeah there's so many so many layers to that and I I love it I think again speaks really beautifully to the entrepreneurial experience and like when you're starting a business or a project or you're an artist a visionary an innovator whatever you want to call yourself especially in the beginning, unless you are wildly resourced as you're starting up, oh God, you do have to learn how to do it all. You have to learn how to hold it all and work with it all and become proficient in all of it. And that includes your mm-hmm. finances. That includes the business structures and strategy and marketing and client facing and mm-hmm. all of the things. And I personally, this is one of the things I love the most about entrepreneurship. Like I've always been a person that's just like insatiably curious about becoming good at everything that I try and and I want mm-hmm. to just do all the things. But um, I absolutely, there are absolutely parts of my business, for instance, like legal tech and financial stuff that I'm like, Ooh, this gives me hives. I hate it. I can't wait to outsource <laughs> it. And also it's those things I would say as you're building your business that you want to like take to the entrepreneurial maturity gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, I can relate to that on a crazy level of just like, like accounting is for sure the piece where it was, you know, I was avoiding that, you know, I avoided that for a couple of years, like really looking at what's going on. And I did finally hire like we hired an accountant in 2020 for the first time like not like for our business like we had been doing it on our own and we finally hired an accountant to help us understand and get structure in place and then I did hire a bookkeeper to help me clean up my books because Mm -hmm. it was stressing me out like I would wake up and think about it right when I got up and I'm like (laughs) I don't want to think about this when I wake up like I want to there's a lot of other things I'd rather have my attention on so yeah, really looking at the ins and outs, understanding, learning how to reconcile your accounts, not saying you have to do that, but it's been empowering to be able to take care of my business as if it were my own, because it is, it's my baby. Mm -hmm. They are my babies. And yeah, it's, I, I think I love what you said of just like, yeah, maybe I'll be able to outsource this eventually, but I, I want to teach myself. I want to learn. I want to grow and I can. Yeah, I think this also speaks to the importance of being, um, choosing a path, I'm going to say, that truly is your mission, that truly is yours, that feels so Mm -hmm. like your calling, that it enlivens you, that even though there are aspects of it that you don't love, you're still excited to show up to it day in and day out. And I know there's a lot of people that look at entrepreneurship as this like overnight success, cash cow possibility. No, no, And it's like, if that's (laughs) why you're getting into it, 
try again. Like that's not try again. <laughs> yeah. Be better off saving a job, like where you know you're getting paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love your response. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, overnight success is just not mine. That's it's Ugh. not been my experience at all whatsoever. It's like no. <laughs> I've seen it in my astrology chart. I don't know where it is. You might know this. Um, but there's something in it that shows that like life for me it's like this kind of (laughs) it's like slow as far as like Mm -hmm. maybe quote-unquote success but it's like the older I get I think it's like in my 50s or 60s um or maybe I think it's like 60s it's like that's when it gets like really comfortable (laughs) and so just like getting comfortable with um sporadic sporadic stuff in business and I have the young energy enough right now to be able to face that and so I'm like bring it on you know it's like I kind of love I love it like when things get too comfortable in my business like as far as like I just know I get like a little antsy like I I love (laughs) I like problem solving and I love I love marketing and I love trying new things so I just think it's great. I mean, nothing will make you look at yourself more, look at your wounds more, look at um, your money scarcity and all that shit Mm -hmm. more than having your own business that you're asking to support you day in and day out. I always say too, like the the entrepreneurial journey is like the ultimate playground for (laughs) spiritual, emotional, physical, mental maturity. Like it just, it will invite you into the best of yourself in every freaking way possible like oh my gosh (laughs) oh my god yeah and it's like back to what we were saying earlier about structure and the power of structure it's like my business has been begging me for this yeah since I got into business and now that I'm giving her that and giving me that you know like my newest habit that serves me is getting up every morning. And before I even get into my business, I do my movement practice. I work mm-hmm. out. I do, I do my video. I watch, I do Melissa Wood Health. I'll just plug <laughs> that. But like, I, I do that before anything because I want to be at my highest vibration. I want to be at my highest, most embodied, beautiful place before even stepping into my business because that's what I want it to emanate. Yeah. And it's such a relationship and I just I love it so much. There was something that you said as you were describing your your business and I want to pull it out. It's probably going to feel very random, <laughs> but this is actually a really core piece of the first chapter of Ceremony of Service and it was you making the distinction between purpose and mission. Mm. And yeah. Uh, I love this so much. This is like one of my favorite things to play with. So like to me, every single being on this planet has purpose. We're here with purpose. Our purpose is our life. And there is – not everybody is going to be here on mission. Mm. And a lot of the time, it's the people here on mission that are choosing some path forward that requires innovation, that requires artistry, that requires vision, that requires higher levels of maybe responsibility. Mm. And mission to me is the access point into legacy. 
And wow. <laughs> I just I absolutely love that you brought that to the table in passing as you were as you were sharing mm-hmm. about your story because I think there are there are a lot of people that conflate having a mission with having purpose. Mm-hmm. And I just for, for people who don't feel like the itch to be an entrepreneur or to innovate or to create something new or anything, it does not mean that you are not here on purpose oh, with purpose goosebumps. by the divine ordinance of God. Like you are here yep. for something that is still so profoundly important. And mm-hmm. to speak to the relationship between the two, the people that are here on mission, that are here to innovate, that are here to offer themselves to the collective in some way require every single person that's on purpose to be in reciprocity with them. There has to Mm. be a relationship between all of us. And there would be no mission for me personally if there were not people to receive my contribution. Exactly. (laughs) Holy moly. I mean, I've always said this, that you were the most articulate, like well-spoken person I've ever talked to. But the way you just said all of that is like goosebump worthy of – I mean, and you said it in a way that I haven't looked at it exactly, but that resonates so true of like, there, there are so many people in my life that work a nine to five, you know, they have a corporate job, they're, 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 or they're a stay at home mom. They don't have a, they don't have a job per se, and they are living out such a beautiful purpose. Mm-hmm. And when I think of mission, it's so much like what you just said of like that innovator, that um, leader, that I, I I don't, I think those are good words. Yeah. Innovator yeah. and leader and wor- two words that I, Capricorn, Aries Rising, like very much relate <laughs> to of, I just have a lot of energy in my body that comes, that needs to come out through these like channeled messages and these things and then bring people along with me. So yeah, that was just really powerful how you said that. It just, again, nailed it in things I think about, but you had the words and (laughs) that was just really powerful. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. These are the things that I think about all the time too. So I'm glad you were able to receive that. Well, it's like you say these things that like I just like think about and then you're like, oh, wow, she thinks about that in depth like I do as well. <laughs> it's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I mean, like, uh, it's just such a it's such a small fractal of ceremony of service, the conversation holistically. But I think that's such an important distinction for people because there is so much conversation, especially in the online space, which can become like a pressure cooker for a lot of people, especially early on in their entrepreneurial experiences where Mm -hmm. there's this like requirement to have your, your mission dialed in. And that's not necessarily how it works. Like if you're here Mm -hmm. on mission, you know, you're here on mission. You'll just feel it. It's this, this felt emanation from you wake up and must do. (laughs) Yeah. And also Uh your your journey through life and as you start your your business or your vision or your venture or whatever it is like it's going to qualify you mm-hmm. all of the moments and and we spoke to so many of those like 
initiations and those qualifying moments in today's episode where we were talking about, right, those like confrontations with our wealth consciousness and Mm -hmm. healing of our inner children and the relationship that we have with embodiment and the integrity that we choose to show up. Like all of those are access points to deepen your relationship with your mission, to deepen your mm-hmm. relationship with yourself and, and exactly. with creator. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Isn't it so fucking insane? So I'm just thinking about, and I'm seeing it now so much more. It's like everyone who's acting like they're here with purpose and they're, they're acting through mission. It's like, almost all of our missions are guiding people to the same exact place, which is home to themselves. (laughs) It's like (laughs) the way we're just teaching them from our own unique path and lived experience. So it's like, that's why I get so fucking excited to like share, even on my podcast, other people who are leading these incredible courses or other healers or whatever. I'm like, go to these people, go to the people that you are drawn to because that's going to bring you home to you. And that's what mm-hmm. we, uh, that's what I wake up and want to do every single day. It's insatiable. And I know that you feel that. And it's just, yeah, it's so cool. It's so, yeah. so cool. Oh, one last thing I want to get into before we wrap up is okay. I love that you just said that you're always excited to create connections between people in your audience, people in your network. Mm-hmm. I want to speak to that, especially in the realm of entrepreneurship (laughs) and the competitive Insta space. Um, Just your relationship with cultivating community and with sharing and with eviscerating competition from your (laughs) vocabulary. (laughs) Yeah. um, Great question. Haven't always been this way. Um, That was actually a big piece early on in my therapeutic journey this last year. I've been in therapy before, but this last year it was like hardcore. And it came up pretty early on that feeling of competitiveness. And it was with Mm -hmm. one, it was with one person. (laughs) And it was that feeling of like, almost that feeling of like, when she does this, it takes from me. Mm. And Mm -hmm what I learned through that experience, like I, I was able to pinpoint the time in my life where I experienced what felt like, um, just not being, not being, um, what's the word it's escaping me, not feeling like I'm getting seen for work I've done and someone else takes that, you know, like I was able to see, Yeah. Thank you. That's the word. <laughs> like not getting the credit where credit's due. You know, that yeah. was what came up. I'm like, I feel like I should have got credit here. Like da, 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 da. So I was able to like see that. And then I was also, it was this shift in like heart and knowing that we as women, literally, historically, we have been, we, ha- it's in our bones to think that if another woman is doing well, that we will not be okay. Mm-hmm. That there is so little space for women in this world that if another woman is starting to take up some of that space, it's just shortening, it's tightening, it's contracting the space that there is for us. So that has changed. You know, things are changing, things are opening, things are expanding. And being able to like integrate that and hold that in my heart has literally burnt that to the ground 
And when it comes to sharing and connecting people and just the beauty of that kind of collaboration and mutual growth, I I just cannot get enough of it. It literally feeds me so much. And yeah, I mean, I hope that answered that piece, but I would, I felt important to share that that hasn't always felt good to me. You know, that actually oh, used yeah. to, it used to scare me, especially with women who were similar. Like if I related to someone deeply and I was like, oh shit, like she, she has all, she has all like the good qualities of me, but not the bad ones, <laughs> <laughs> like quote unquote bad. So yeah, I think it was a mixture of recognizing there's so much space, there's infinite space. And when, when we lift others, we all rise together. Oh yeah. Yes. I can relate to that so wholeheartedly. I think especially like, I don't know if, if you had this experience, but when I was a lot younger in like elementary and junior high school, my relationship with other women was always so hot and cold. And it was always like based on these mm. external factors of like, mm, did you wear the coolest thing? Or did yep. you like do this thing? Or like, it was never based on who you were being. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> and so of course at a young age, there was this like affirmation of this inherited competition between women where it was like, you always had to like be a certain way in order to be worthy or valid or belong. And mm -hmm. I think that in and of itself creates such a hard dynamic to, come into spaces and I mean especially in the sphere that we work in um, where it's a lot a lot of women it's very women dominant um, mm -hmm. to see other women who are in the process of reclaiming their power it can be really activating to witness someone who's one maybe two steps ahead of you and has mm. like unlocked a part of yourself that you are just desperate to access <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like, oh my God, that is yes. one of the most like infuriating, frustrating things yes. ever. And also to be able to come to a point where you're recognizing that activation and that trigger as uh -huh. an invitation into <laughs> witnessing them, witnessing yourself and taking responsibility for whatever it is about that circumstance that is leaving you desiring something oh you I was like giggling while you were talking about that because literally two or three days ago I was sharing in my stories about how a couple there was two women who were in the coaching sphere that were are in the coaching sphere and are very into I mean there's like the prosperity piece like I speak of like I've been speaking of but like linking financial abundance to like sexual liberation and mm -hmm. very embodied, very, very just expressive sexually. And six months to a year ago, I was so, so triggered by them. I was like, you are so much like, stop trying so hard. <laughs> like, what are you doing? You're like it was a lot and I would e I would even like point it out to my husband I'm like let me read you this you know <laughs> like Look how cringe just... this is <laughs> exactly and <laughs> I kid you not 
those two women are some of my biggest mentors today as far as like I'm not I have worked with one of them but like in a one-on-one basis but not on a like we're not working together in that way now but I still consider them mentors like they're women I look up to because that embodiment piece is such a vital part of my work um the pleasure piece is a part of my work in a different capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just makes so much sense that they were triggering me because they were reflecting those parts of me that were really wanting to come out and didn't feel safe to, didn't feel like I would be loved if I did it. Um, so yeah, it's freaking wild. Yeah. One of my favorite things, especially when I'm noticing that I'm being bristled by someone's existence. <laughs> <laughs> First, I'll inquire why. <laughs> but if I can't, if I can't quite access the part of me that's like really bothered by them, yeah. the immediate response now, which this has taken a lot of practice to get to this point, I will find something about them that I feel I can organically celebrate, and then I'll just Ooh. move on. That's because a cool idea. I don't like want to be creating a Dis- distorted relationship with that person yeah. because I'm holding some kind of resentment or envy or anything like that. And so that immediately helps me to like shake out of whatever state that I'm in that I'm projecting onto them. And it cleans up that relationship so that I can go off and do my own work wow. around it. And That's beautiful. So <laughs> no, I love that practice. I'm totally going to borrow that because it's like, we will always be, I think activation will come up. You know, I think it will in this lifetime. I think we spent so many years as children stuffing away parts of us that just wanted to be free or express or whatever your thing is that you didn't feel safe doing. And I think it's going to take a lifetime to feel so safe and just looking at those triggers as an invitation to come back home come back home come back home you know I look back at one person in particular that I kind of just like cut ties with and it's it's so interesting seeing that of like oh my god like I was doing that because I was not willing to look at myself Mm -hmm. yet and that's sad, but it's also okay because that's yeah. just part of the journey. But it is interesting. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing too is that sometimes that spaciousness can create that the ability to come into a new perspective. And like you said, like there have been people that you followed, unfollowed, followed again. Yes. It's <laughs> like there's nothing wrong with that. Like if if you're really having trouble being sovereign and and self-contained and self-responsible and and able to process your own emotional experience in the presence of someone. Or, and this is another one that I've really struggled with in the past, is you don't trust yourself enough and that person is mirroring a potentiality that you want to step into. And so you're Uh just consuming, consuming (laughs) their work, consuming their essence, consuming parts of them that you think are going to close that gap between where you are and where you want to be. Uh-huh. It is so beyond appropriate to just like 
turn the tap <laughs> off of that portal. <laughs> I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's it, yeah, well said. Beautiful. Okay, this has been a beautiful conversation. I just yes. noticed that I have a client coming up. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, this has been wonderful. I loved every you. moment of it. I feel like we could go for another like two hours. Um, <laughs> but I really want to share you with the community and just invite you if you have any closing thoughts, anything that you feel you want to share to feel complete. And then how you would prefer to connect with people and how people can get into your space and your energy. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like we covered so much and <laughs> I'm just so grateful to reconnect after a long time. It's been a long time since we've just had a chat. So I'm, I'm just so grateful. Closing thoughts, not a ton. Um, I think it's, <laughs> I think it's in here. And as far as where you can connect with me, I'd love to hang out with you over on Instagram at Danny Bolts. I have my podcast. It comes out every Friday called Mudlark. And I'd love to invite you into Fully Expressed. It's my two-month mentorship program. It's oh, We begin this coming Monday and we're in early bird pricing, which is $100 off the total um, until Friday. So come on over. Um, I would love to help you return to your truest self. Amazing. I am definitely going to link all of that in the show notes. So for anybody that's looking for the links and resources that will be there for you. And if you haven't already connected with Danny, she is somebody you definitely want to have in your sphere of influence in your network, get to know her. Honestly, I think our relationship started with like a casual voice note in the DMs. And Oh yeah, just, totally. I just love you so much. And every time we I know reconnect, I love it you. just feels like such a kindred experience. So thank I know you so we are much. cozy ass girls together. It's the best. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you and we'll catch up soon. Wow. What an episode. What a conversation and what a woman. If you have not gotten into Danny's space, like I said before, she is someone you absolutely need in your corner. She is just the most loving, brilliant, creative, and inspired woman. So check the show notes to see where you can get connected with her. If this episode spoke to you, we would absolutely love to have you reach out to both or either of us to rate and review it, share it with your community. And of course, if you're loving Unedited as a whole, please do go ahead and subscribe on your favorite platform. And I will see you again in the next episode.